1: Com.
0: Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm discussing PTSD, problem focus to solution focus. One of the things I had to face in my own self-development and recovery work, and by face I mean take radical personal responsibility for, is that I only knew how to be problem-focused. This is increasingly a major, major modern problem. And in a lot of ways, it's nobody's fault. It's how we are as human beings. The human condition over the course of time has been in a survival mode. Our collective development as a species has selected certain traits that ensured our survival, Which is exactly what evolution is. That is the evolutionary process that keeps a species abundant and thriving, is to select for those very traits that help us survive. So evolution decided that it was smart for us to basically pay attention to whatever could go wrong in an attempt to avoid whatever could go wrong. That's a problem focus. Most people tend to feel this as some reasonable tension in the body of just being awake and doing things. A traumatized nervous system takes this natural tension, this natural inclination to look for what could go wrong and takes it over the top to a hyper observational state, a hyper vigilance, a hyper awareness, a hyper problem focus. And that's just too much looking for what's wrong or what's potentially wrong for our system to emotionally digest or process. Anyone who's truly feeling, felt post-traumatic stress symptoms tends to describe it as a feeling of being fried out and then hung over, exhausted from looking for problems constantly, from being on guard. The phrase that we have, the cliche is waiting for the shoe to drop, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Because this is playing on our natural system, If you have post-traumatic stress, this is why nothing is wrong with you and never has been. I'll say it again. Those of you with true post-traumatic stress, nothing is wrong with you or your system or your mental health or your physical health in this way. Your very smart system learned that the world was filled with too much bad, too much danger, too much struggle from either a young age throughout a lot of your development or for an extended period of time as an adult. Think of a cheetah that can run really, really fast for a short distance. PTSD is kind of like if a cheetah starts running and doesn't stop. And we would all expect that cheetah that can't stop, that can't turn off its running system to just drop of exhaustion. And this is why post-traumatic stress, healing from trauma, is so exhausting, so tiring, so wearing. This is also why adrenal fatigue is a very common problem in highly sensitive people. So if we are understanding that we're naturally predisposed as human beings to look for problems and focus on problems in an attempt to solve those problems, We can understand how this gets out of whack and overwhelming in modern society. It's not so natural for the animal that I am as a human being to carry worry and stress or look for problems that can go on at the DMV or filing taxes or trying to buy a home or in a car accident on the road. In a lot of ways, our modern life is so unnatural. Our old hardware systems in body, mind, heart, and spirit kind of don't know what to do with them. I have lived in very old homes a lot. I really like really old homes. It's so clear how different we are now because these old homes, guess what? They don't have enough electrical outlets to plug in all the modern things that we plug into the walls of our homes to get electricity. When my home was built, they would have used candles. And so that's a clear, tangible example of how I'm trying to plug in too much into my home that the breakers can flip, the power can go out because it's too much for the electrical system of my home. This modern life in many ways is too much for our bodily systems. We're learning how to navigate that as highly sensitive people. Highly sensitive people who are really walking a path on healthiness and towards more healthiness are working with these dynamics, these realities of life. People who are in victim mode, who are walking their high sensitivity down an unhealthy path, are angry at this. They're fighting these realities. They're not dealing with the reality. They're not accepting it. Dealing with that reality means compensating. It means adjusting. It means things won't always go exactly my way. I can't turn on all the heaters in my house and my blow dryer and an air filter. It's too much. And I have to accept that and work with the home that I have. In our bodies, we have to accept the way that we were made, the ways that we have been affected by life, maybe even conditioned by life, and the amount of stressors and day-to-day minutiae that come at us, that pull at us, that overstimulate our different sensitivities. We have to work with that and radically accept these realities to be able to have the most peaceful, calm existence and honor this one precious life. You ever hear yourself or someone else complaining and complaining and complaining and complaining about damn near everything, focusing on everything that isn't right, everything that isn't going according to plan or expectation? You might get the sense that you or the person complaining, when we're in this state, we kind of don't want a solution, Often we or the complainer might just want to sit in the shit of it. This gets draining to ourselves or to other people. This swirling and sitting in the problem. This problem focus that can consume us. Because it doesn't give us anywhere to go. That's what makes it such a drain. In a way, it's so human and cheap. Yeah, it's cheap. It's easy to do. So we are either energy vampiring ourselves or the other people around us when we're in this complaining, complaining, problem-focused mode. If we are to heal our minds and bodies, we can lean in right here, right in these moments where we notice ourselves complaining and complaining and focusing on the problem. We can lean in and start to take our power back from this dynamic that can feel so automatic. This is where we can use mindfulness strategies. Mindfulness really is nothing fancier than just kind of sitting outside of yourself as if you can become a little birdie that sits on your own little shoulder and watches you. And so when this little birdie of mindfulness watches you complaining, you can start to be different right there, right in that moment. We have a lot of power to shape and grow ourselves in ways that can bring us freedom and ease and light. This is the freedom of training ourselves, because it is a training, into solution focus instead of problem focus. It sounds very simple, and it's one of those things that it is simple, but it's not easy because of that automatic feeling on top of the reality that we've witnessed many, many, many people just live this problem-focused existence. So to shift from problem-focused to solution focus, it sounds like this. It looks like this. If the problem is, I'm lonely, then instead of just swirling on the loneliness or the problems, the struggles in meeting people, I force my thinking to go through the exercise. Yes, just like somebody going to the gym and lifting weights, I force my mind to lift the weight of the solution because I want that solution muscle to grow. So for a problem like I'm lonely, a solution might be I'm finding a meetup right now that I can go to as soon as possible. That's what I can do for myself. What a better use of our energy than swirling on the problem. Here's another solution for the problem of I am lonely. All right, I'm lonely. Here's a solution. I'm going to call a fringe friend, somebody I'm not so close to, more like an acquaintance, and I'm going to try to strengthen my bond with that person. I'm going to practice good enough with this person, and I'm going to see if I can form a bond that helps me with this loneliness. These are solutions. Can you hear what happens within the solution? It's as if we will demand and command ourselves to put our energy on possible solution instead of that problem. Here's another problem. I hate my job. This might be one of the most popular problems in our American culture. Here's a solution. I can spend 15 minutes each day after work working on my resume. That's a solution that doesn't take you immediately out of the problem, but it puts your energy towards what's next for you. It helps you feel effective. It helps you feel resilient. It helps your inner child see that grown-up you is doing something to change your situation. That's empowering. Here's another solution for the problem of I hate my job solution. I can focus on a side hustle till I quit or find a new job or grow my side hustle big enough to do that full-time. I can use this job that I hate to launch my side hustle. Here's another solution for I hate my job. I will change my mindset and focus on the positive. We have so much power to send our minds and our thinking Down a path that serves us and opens us up to possibility instead of problem focus. Here's one more problem to give you some more examples of problem focus to solution focus. Here's the problem I have so much anxiety. Very common, high sensitivity issue, right? I have so much anxiety. My sensory system is fried out by this modern life. I have so much anxiety. Here's a solution. I can breathe right now. Take a breath. And I can hear you all right now going, but that doesn't take away my anxiety. It's not about all or nothing. It's about working with what is. And those of us that have had anxiety since we were small children all of our lives really do benefit from embracing this strange paradox. Of course, I don't want to have dysfunctional anxiety in any way shape or form not even one iota in my life of course i want that but i'm a realist and i accept that this system of mine before i knew differently before i could be old enough to change my circumstances before i could be old enough to make enough mistakes as i tried to change my circumstance to get to stable ground I have been practicing, this body, this mind, this system has been practicing anxiety all of its life. So I can radically accept that this system knows how to do anxiety. Because when I fight it, oh, this anxiety shouldn't be happening right now. I'm throwing my system into more fight or flight or freeze. I'm adding stress. I'm adding to that cortisol response that pumps through our body, that wears us out, that stresses us out. So We can invite these little simple solutions like I take a breath right now. I breathe. And then in the next moment, I breathe again. And I take another breath and another and another until that anxiety dials down or I get to the next moment.
1: Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so then try my new podcast, Calm History. It's a time machine of tranquility, filled with immersive and fascinating stories from history. Prior episodes include, The Pilgrims, Marco Polo, Henry Ford, Joan of Arc, Jackie Robinson, Klondike Gold Rush, Ancient Greek Olympics, Easter Island, and the Great Pyramid of Giza. There's also a six-part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com.
0: Here's another solution for I have so much anxiety. I can focus on my successes right now. And today, I woke up this morning, I got dressed, I washed my face, I brushed my teeth, I fixed my hair, and I got started on my day. I can acknowledge to myself that I am successful at always trying again. I never give up. I can also practice ignoring overthinking anxieties by saying stop and visualizing a stop sign. That happens to be the topic of the most recent Patreon episodes. If you want to go hear me talk about the stop sign technique, it's over there in Patreon waiting for you. There are times when I am with a client, and usually it's a total sweetie pie of a person. And I feel like I'm almost playing a video game where I have to hit a button and sort of bonk or make a sound every time they focus on the problem. And I was this way too. Most of us have spent so much time practicing problem focus that we don't even know that we're doing it. We think we're just thinking it through. We think we might even be being smart by looking at the ways that everything could go wrong. That often with a client, I might go, there it is again. Wow, you are... Paying me to be this annoying to you right now. There it is again, another problem. Can you do a solution for that? How about a solution? And each time I redirect someone to find that solution, it's as if we can both see and feel those wheels turning in their mind. It's like they're creaky, maybe even a little rusty, because the solution-focused wheels just haven't turned enough. They haven't self-lubricated. They're they're stuck, and we got to get them moving. It's a really interesting process to be in and to feel that shift from the problem focus to the solution focus. It's easy. Those problem focused wheels, they know how to turn. They turn easily and they're cheap to turn. We don't even have to try. They just turn. It's a little more expensive, if you will. It's not so cheap to do the work to build in to that solution focus, but it's worth it. It's a higher quality use of our energy and it'll serve us much, much better. It makes me pretty sad when I see somebody stuck in a negative loop, but they think that they're trying to figure it out and they're working so hard and so hard and so hard, but they just can't get out of the problem. I think many highly sensitive people will resonate with what I'm saying in this moment because that's what we're hungry for in our healing We want ease. We want freedom from this hypervigilance, this problem focus, this overthinking, this everything is going wrong-ness that grabs our vision and our life energy and our life force. It keeps us in survival mode when we really are craving and need this body to shift into thriving mode. I have practiced this lots and lots and lots and lots in my personal life, and it still gets me. It's so easy for those old problem-solving natural wheels to just turn. It's almost like the wind moves those wheels, and I need to put effort into moving the solution-focused wheels. But it's easier than ever for me to switch on a dime, for me to almost snap my fingers because I've practiced so much, and jog myself out of that problem-focused lens and pick up that solution-focused lens. It's a switch from negative to positive, from problem to solution, and you just do it over and over and over and over again. It's part of why I talk about patience so much in the healing path. There's no way to do this without cultivating patience at the same time. Patience for yourself, patience for life, patience for the process. The real kicker about changing this dynamic is don't think about it. If you leave this episode and go, oh, that was really interesting, I'll keep thinking about that. I don't think that'll serve you so well. The next time you catch yourself swirling on the problem, take out a pen and paper, take out your phone and make a note. Help your mind do the heavy lifting, the actual exercise. Just thinking about it is like thinking about going to the gym, thinking about picking up that weight over there. That's not going to do anything for you. Don't just think about it. Go through the motions of what is a possible solution right now. Be in that moment with yourself. It's a growth moment. Let those wheels turn even if they're rusty and a little squeaky. Let them start to turn and work out that solution. I truly believe that we are living through an epidemic of negativity I think it's taking the lives of our youth. The suicide rate in our youth is higher than it's ever been before. And in every other country in the world, that is lowering and for America, that is rising. To me, that is a strong indicator that we are not doing some things right, that we need to do better. And this is one of the ways. Imagine if you had grown up with someone modeling this for you. That we can stop, we can shift out of the problem and go, you know what, even if I don't know what it looks like right now, I know that there's a solution, I've just got to find it. It's a different way of moving through the world than most of us had modeled for us. Imagine what happens for your inner child if you do that for yourself now. And those of you that are parents, that are shepherding little ones through this very negative human time, through social media, through this modern life that pulls at us in so many different ways. Imagine what happens if you model this solution focused for their young developing minds. We need to be positive to counter that which is not in the world. It's a weird time for us to be in such negativity, such despair, such hopelessness. Because it's also true that we have less violent crime than ever before. That even with inflation rising as it is, we have less poverty than the world has ever seen before. So much is good, and yet we align with so much that isn't. We can rise our own vibrations. We can vibe higher. We can feel better despite whatever is going on around us in our personal worlds and the larger world. This work is worth it. This is the type of work that helps us grow into confidence and vibrancy. How are we to be vibrant if we're problem focused? Think about the people in your life that have a certain vibrancy. And it's a good bet that they know how to put more of their energy on what's good, what's possible, what is solution focused instead of living in this problem focused vortex of suck. Lots of people tell me that they can feel my healing on me, that they can sense it. And I know that sounds hippy-dippy. I've worked hard for that. I have raised my vibration very intentionally. And there were many years in my life where I didn't think that was possible, where I thought that was hokey, where I just thought, no, I'm just kind of this low-vibe cynic. That's who I am. Breaks my heart when I hear somebody tell me, no, that's just who I am. It's just how I process. No, it's not. I cannot and will not believe that any newborn baby comes into the world with a low vibe, with a cynicism. We learn that. We don't have to overthink this. Just let it be simple. Just bring that little birdie of mindfulness to your everyday life. Practice catching yourself, focusing on the problem and just shift, shift as swiftly as you might snap your fingers and rewind and rewrite that negative message, that problem focused message. Rewrite it right in that moment to a potential solution or positivity. Practice this like happiness depends on it and it'll heal you in shocking and beautiful ways. And you will model it for all other humans, big and small, in your world. I hope there's something in this episode that helps you understand yourself, the human condition, what it is to heal, what you can do in a practical sense for yourself every single day of your life so that you can shed what no longer serves you and thrive. Y'all, we just, it's going to make me choke up, we just celebrated our four-year anniversary of emotional badass. I cannot believe it. I have to pinch myself. I can feel my inner child looking up at me like, really? Have we really done that? Yes, sweet girl, we have. We've never missed a week. Sometimes we've even given you more than one episode in a week. Every single month on our Patreon, we have released an exclusive episode. I believe we are close to, if not over 50 episodes on the Patreon, just sitting there waiting for you. We have over 200 episodes on this iTunes feed. Whatever's calling you in your life to start, I want to encourage you to give yourself permission to just start. That's how you figure out what you're doing. That's how you grow into whatever you're going to grow into. I couldn't have imagined what it would have felt like to go through four years of being a podcaster while we went through some of the craziest politics we've ever seen, while we've gone through a pandemic, while we are watching the way that our country works change right before our eyes as technology continues to evolve and evolve and evolve and do whatever it's going to do to us as a collective human tribe. I am so grateful and I am so proud of all of you that have worked with me all of these years. And those of you who have worked with me since before the show, thank you for helping me grow into me. Y'all have been my greatest teachers. You continue to be my greatest teachers. I love you and I always will. Y'all have given me one of the richest experiences of my life to be able to witness your growth your expansion. It has given me a confidence when I meet a new client, I have a strong sense of exactly what they can let go of so that they can feel lighter and thrive. And that is through my work with you. I'm sending all of you out there who have worked with me personally a big old giant hug. And those of you who have listened and never spent some time beyond this mic with me, If you like how I teach, if you like how I talk, if you like the way that I present concepts, if they make sense to you, that's pretty much all you need to know to join the boundaries course. Boundaries are the foundation of everything that I teach, everything that I speak about. I pull from my personal life. I pull from my professional world. I pull from my yoga practice. I was a yoga teacher with a small studio for some years. I teach the boundaries course Every October, and I look forward to it all year. If you feel called to sign up, come sign up. Those of you in Patreon, use your Patreon code. Those of you who have been in the Boundaries Course a previous year, check your email. You have a very special invitation. If you want to sign up and snag an early bird discount, use the code Early twenty two to save fifty dollars off full price. Or you can choose a very affordable payment plan. We do that every year to try to make it as accessible as possible. The boundaries course, I teach it like a giant college classroom. So you will be able to ask some questions and have some interaction just like you would in a college classroom. But I do teach it lecture style. Those of you who have already signed up, I cannot wait to meet you or to see you again. I see some of you re-signing up. Boundaries are one of those things that we will work on all the days of our lives. This life challenges our boundaries constantly. There's so much in that course that will teach you how to be boundaried even within your self-love so that you can retain some self-love and some self-care. As many of you who resonate with my work are recovering people pleasers. We work on internal boundaries with ourselves and how to set external boundaries with others in the world. If you're interested in that, you can come find out everything you need to know on emotionalbadass.com backslash boundaries. As you move through your world this week, I hope you play with this idea of shifting to solution focus and see what it does for you. See what it does to your vibrations. See what it does to your anxiety. See what it does to your outlook, your mindset, how you wake up in the morning. Have fun with this healing. Experiment with this healing and let it inform you, that's so much more important than just whatever I'm saying up here. Whatever I'm saying up here on this mic, it's on you to take it and to experiment with it in your world, to make it work for you, and to take what works for you, and to always leave the rest. I'm an emotional badass, you're an emotional badass, and together we are where Moxie meets mindful. I will see you right here next time for another episode light, and love. Bye-bye.
1: dot com.